Welcome to the Creatives and Focus Podcast. Hi, I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume in my epic 12 book fantasy series, Shadow the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Ross Hightower. He's the author of Spirit Sight, Spirit Song Trilogy, Book One. How are you doing today, Ross? I'm good, James. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I like to start things out with a, a fun question or two. So, um, Ross, are you a morning or an evening person? Um, you know, I used to be an evening person. My wife has always been a morning person, and um, you know, we've been married for something like 35 years, and after she's she has changed me. So I'm a morning person now. Uh, I usually get up between 4 or 5 a.m., and uh, that doesn't mean I'm coherent right away, but um, that I can't sleep later anymore, and it's frustrating at times. But um, So, yeah, I'm a morning person now. Yeah, yeah. How about you? Well, I'm a morning person. I mean, I might not today. I'm really groggy today, but... No, I'm more productive in the morning than the, like the longer the day goes, the less productive I get. So that's true. I I like, the same way. Yeah, so I have to just get going. Right. Or I won't get anything done. Yeah. Like some people like they like they get home from work and then they go do a bunch of writing. I'm like, when I used to work and write, I had to I had to wake up earlier and do my writing and then go to work. Because <laughs> yeah, when I got home from work, I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to yeah, do anything. Same way. I, I tried to be. Uh, you know, come home from work and, and write, and I just can't do it. You know, I just don't have any words. Um, so I, I get up early, I write in the morning, and then then I work. Okay, cool. So um, how long have you wanted to be an author, Ross? Well, I, you know, I being an author has always been sort of kind of a mystical thing to me. I, uh, I've always had stories. Um, I have an active mind. So at night I lay in bed and I tell stories. I've done that since I was a kid. Uh, and when I was in ninth grade, I thought, okay, I'm going to be an author. And I tried to write and it was awful, you know, and, and I don't know if it was really awful. I just know that the words just didn't match what I saw. And I just assumed, okay, I just don't have that talent. You know, I can't be an author. Um, but it was never something I gave up on. I just thought I didn't have that that kind of whatever the secret talent was. But about four years ago, and I still tell myself stories at night. You know, now it's to uh, sort of, you know, turn off my mind thinking about work. And about four years ago, I was thinking about how do uh, fantasy authors come up with new magic systems? I mean, there's probably thousands of fantasy books published every year now that, you know, uh, independent publishing and self-publishing is around. How do people come up with something unique? So I that's what I did that night. I tried to come up with something really interesting. And I don't remember anything about um, what I thought that night except for one thing. And I woke up uh, the next morning and that was buzzing in my head. And that was what if um, the the people who have this uh, magical gift in this world that you create, uh, what if it caused pain in other people? What would their lives be like when they were children? 
and I have no reason, I have no recollection of why I went straight to a coffee shop. It was in a cold, snowy morning, and I sat in a row for three hours. And it still wasn't, uh, I still couldn't get the words to work, but I just loved it. And I just, I walked out of that coffee shop knowing I was going to make myself a writer. So the question is, how long has it been since I wanted to be a writer? I guess my whole life, but really only, uh, it seemed like a possibility the last four years. Okay. And that uh, book or that magic system is what uh, became Spirits, I guess. Right. Yeah. The Spirit Song Magic. I mean, my, my original thought was it was based in quantum mechanics because I have an engineering background, but that just was awful. I mean, it, it didn't, there's no language that you can use in a medieval kind of setting uh, that involves quantum mechanics. So I had to go back to the drawing board and uh, try to figure it out. But yeah, that's, that eventually became what, what I call spirit song magic. I don't know. I mean, the word Adam is like an ancient Egyptian word. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there are there is some. I mean, they they thought about things. You can you'd be surprised what ancient people thought about. Oh, I know. But see, the idea was that, you know, when two particles spontaneously are created uh, and at the quantum level, there's a small bit of energy that's released. So somehow these people were absorbing this energy. But how do you describe that other than. You know, they're absorbing energy from their um, from their surroundings. Uh, and then what does it let, let them do? It doesn't tell it doesn't define any capabilities, you know, any gifts that they might have. So, you know, it just came out to be sort of squishy and boring. Um, okay. And I, you know, I wanted uh, I, I read uh, that Brandon Sanderson's uh, blog about magic systems. And one of the things he said is the reader will enjoy it more if they understand how it works. Uh, and I, I like that idea. And the other thing I like uh, in magic systems is that they have some sort of personality, right? They becomes, uh, it becomes kind of a character in the book. Uh, so that's what I was looking for when I created my magic. Character in a book, huh? I guess I probably never thought of any magic system that way. Yeah, well, I, um, my magic is based in uh, shamanism. And, and shamanism was, is a kind of a, um, a religion, a worldview that was uh, prevalent in a lot of indigenous people for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. Um, and one of the concepts in there is the spirit guide. And mm-hmm. um, it's usually an animal. Um, I, I didn't want to use an animal, so I use a spirit. Uh, and that spirit is part of the magic system. So okay. you can give it a personality. and you Okay. Can- I got you. I got you, Jimmy. I thought you meant like just like the magic system itself, like no, this nebulous yeah. thing was okay. No, but yeah, yeah, that's no. I get what you're saying though. Yeah. Yeah, that would be more complicated. I think to write about that. There's some disembodied energy that has. Yeah, I'm not like I'm thinking like Brendan Anderson's like Mistborn. We're like I never really thought about the ability to burn metal as a, you know, as a character itself. Right. But yeah. Like, and so but like self thing with Brendan Sanderson, still from. The Stormlight Archive, where she and with her bond with um, Kaladin allows him to do his powers. That's right. She is uh, a, a sentient being that is representative of the magic system. Like she's uh-huh. baked into the magic system, but she's That's also right. a character. Yeah. I okay. Yeah, I got you. So Mistborn is a good example of one that is very explainable. You know, uh, you understand how it works. So as a reader, you can say, well, how how are they going to use the magic in this situation? 
but there's no personality. Yeah, yeah, no. That's, right. Okay, yeah. so I, that's what I thought you meant with like a magic with personality, where it's just like the magic. But no, I got you now. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. So uh, let's talk about uh, Spirit Sight and the Spirit Song uh, series. And we have like, so Mina, she discovers she can commune with spirits, but apparently that's, um, that gets you a distance where she's from. That doesn't sound great. So let's talk about her and her story and okay. all that. Uh, yeah, Minna is, uh, when she's eight, Minna lives in a very uh, remote village at the edge of this empire. In a lot of ways, it's, it's the uh, hero's journey. It's a trope and a lot of fantasy. Uh, she lives uh, in this remote village uh, so far away that uh, her village isn't really on the empire's radar, right, which is the only reason she's able to grow up. So at eight, eight years old, she has she uh, obtained spirit sight. So she can uh, see and communicate with the spirit or see anyway, the spirits that live in our realm, the physical realm. But that causes pain in a lot of other people, not everyone, but a lot of people. So she uh, is ostracized by the people in her village. Um, but but she again, she's fortunate enough that she uh, doesn't come under she, the Inquisition never notices her because she lives so far out. And the people in her village have not been as indoctrinated in the Empire's religion. So they don't take matters into their own hands until she gets to be 13 years old. Um, and then the Inquisition discovers her by accident. So then uh, and some of the villagers uh, say for the, you know, the book opens when she goes to the market one day and one of their, her chief antagonists says something out loud that a lot of people have been thinking that she's a witch. Um, and that's kind of what gets the ball rolling. Um, the Inquisition discovers her when they come to arrest her. They uh, they find her. They find her sister. And so then it's just like the hero's journey. It, her sister is arrested, taken away, and Mena has to go uh, and travel and try to rescue her sister. So a lot of the uh, parts of the hero's journey, you know, the reluctant call to action, um, the, the mentor where she learns uh, about her magic, um, the changeling who's always showing up in, uh, you know, at, at opportune moments. Um, all of those elements are there. Um, but, you know, you hope uh, you hope that you put a kind of an interesting spin on it and you create characters that people uh, are going to love and they'll be willing to um, to follow. And I think from the reviews I've gotten that that's true, that people really love, uh, especially Mena, a lot of the characters. OK, cool. So um, so like who's so is there any like particular like villain like Inquisition guy that's chasing her or is it well, just like a nebulous group? Uh, yeah, they're, you know, they're the bad guys. Um, you have to personify the, uh, um, the bad side. I don't, I don't know that I have an evil, uh, kind of the every, I don't have simple characters. It's one of the reasons why the book is so long. Um, but there are, uh, the people in the empire who believe that they are doing the right thing. Um, and so they, uh, are pursuing her. Um, so it's, it's not just a nameless I should have said antagonist is more of what I should yeah, have said. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's um, the head of the Inquisition is named uh, Horst, and he uh, he has bigger plans. You don't get any sense of really what the bigger plans are in the first book, but that starts to come out a little bit in the second book. Uh, and part of those bigger plans is getting rid of people like Mena, you know, because they ha she has enormous power. And... Uh, 
he uh, doesn't want them in the world. Um, and uh, so that they, that's why they, they arrest these uh, um, girls when they find them. And they're part of the book is what they're doing with them, um, trying to, to figure out what, what's happening there. So it's it's a little like a in a, in a sense it's a, it's a, a kind of a kinder gentler Game of Thrones. Uh, there's lots of characters, um, multiple plot lines that run in parallel and start to converge uh, towards the end of the book. Okay, okay. So um, what sort of men is character like? You know, like what's her personality? Well, you know, uh, the characters uh, that I really like uh, that um, I like Vin and Miss Bourne. Um, there's a Nona Gray and the Book of the Ancestor by Mark, uh, Mark Lawrence, even Katniss Everdeen. I like those young female characters who the world has treated them roughly uh, and they're angry and um, defensive. Uh, and then they, they come into their power. And I wanted Minna to be like, like, like that, but she just didn't come out that way. She's just a sweetheart. You know, she is open hearted. She's had a rough time. Um, but uh, she's not angry and defensive. But she's like uh, the best kind of fantasy hero. You know, she's humble despite having enormous power. But she always rises to the and she's she doubts herself. You know, she has her problems. She's a 13 year old girl. Um, but she always rises to the occasion. You know, when um, when you know she needs to act, she does, and she always comes through. And those are my favorite type of characters uh, in fantasy novels. People that are real, but are able to do those things that you wish you could, you know. Okay, yeah, cool, I gotcha. And uh, you mentioned a, a changeling. A changeling? That, yeah, did you? Did I not hear you say changeling? Like there's a changeling character that pops up every now and then? Yeah, there's a lot of kind of the archetypes in the hero's journey. Um, there's the mentor, um, allies. Oh, so you're not, like, referring to, like, a literal changeling? No, no it's the uh-huh. archetype, right? Okay, well, all right. Is the, is the one who, who can kind of appear where you least expect them to appear, uh, and they um, affect the course of the uh, the book in unexpected ways. I guess, um, I guess I'm trying to get more about what your book is and not more, like, the very generic hero's journey, like, you know... It's cool you follow it, and that's nothing wrong with that. I'm just trying to get a handle on, like, what the characters are in your book and your story and what makes it stand out from any other fantasy series. So I was just curious who this character is, if it, you know, they, they're popping up now and then. I'm just curious who that is. Yeah, so uh, Aaron, uh, the changeling, he's um, a person who's also suffered at the Empire's hands. It's hard to really talk a lot, a lot about a lot of it because okay, if you, that's cool. If you don't want there's to certain things spoilers. that I, I got that. Huh? I got it. If you don't want to do spoilers, I guess. No, no. I, yeah, I don't want to do the spoilers, but he's uh, been adopted by someone, uh, and uh, he's just you know a character is just really fun to write because he can walk into any situation, um, be friends with anybody. And, uh, you know, it's just a, a really fun character. Yeah, you know, it's hard to talk about uh, the characters, right? I know them so well, but I, you know, <laughs> the, you know, to have someone ask me, what are they like? I mean, I don't know. It's like characters really what readers connect with. So I'm just trying to. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Any listeners come out so they can, I don't know, maybe your characters sound like 
fun to follow. That's all. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, I've been thrilled with the reviews and almost all of them talk about the fact that they really love the characters, that they're really easy to connect to. And uh, I spent a lot of time on the, uh, uh, the emotional development of the characters. Uh, so you really get to know them. Um, and there, there's Minna. Uh, uh, her sister, Aelin, is similar, but in, in some ways uh, very different. There's the Inquisitor who's grown a conscience, and he's that tortured guy um, who wants to make up for the sins that he's committed. So there's a lot of characters, and um, you really get to know them um in the in this book okay how many uh, how many words is it it is 241,000 words so that is a problem yeah all and right yeah that's big it is big and the first thing people say is wow that's a long book but i tell people you know it's think of it as buying a box set of the first two books of the trilogy you know <laughs> you get a lot of book for the money but again like i said it's it's you know the game of thrones books a lot of those are are longer and the yeah. reason is because you have uh, a lot of characters and subplots. There are a lot of twists and uh, there's a lot of time spent on, you know, uh, developing those characters and their relationships. So, yeah, it, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, no, I got that. I, I've written. I have a 270,000 word book. Really? Amazon. It's the final book of my epic fantasy trilogy. Right. And so it's the beefiest of them all. Yeah, it's wrapping up everything. I mean, they started out the first books like 130,000 and they kind of crept up from there to yeah, we got to the book, which is just a beast. Yeah, that's usually the way it works. But the thing is, once you hook them on those first few books, you know, they might be more willing to take a risk on that last book, you know, if they love it. Um, and I, uh, I'll be honest, I haven't written books that long since I wrote that yeah. book. I've stick around to 100, 110,000 words, or between 90 and 110,000 words is where I, yeah. I generally stick with my novels these days. Well, I wrote, uh, when I was writing Spirit Side, I started wondering, well, how do these people learn to fight back? Uh, because they're very peaceful people. And so uh, when I finished Spirit Side, I, I took a break from that trilogy to write a prequel that was about nine years before that tells the story of how they start to learn to fight back. And um I actually ended up writing that with my my partner, Deb. So we're co-authors on that. That one's 130,000 words, which is, you know, more normal for a fantasy novel. Um, so Deb says that's going to be like our, um, you know, the book that brings people in. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, it's just, I get it. I, I mean, I've, uh, like, my, my previous series I published, I, I thought about having it be really long books, but... Uh, like my my outline for the first book actually ended up being the first three books for that one. Yeah. Um, I just I just like I don't know I was just like you know like shorter like there was good points where each where each book's had a natural climax and it's like yeah then we could just have like, I don't know little shorter books I don't know maybe not as intimidating to readers yeah. uh, who aren't used to like the big stuff but I mean it's a twelve book fantasy series. Right. Yeah. So it 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 goes long and you stick with those characters for a long time so. Yeah, I just didn't uh, like maybe I just I could have like had less books, but I just was like, let's keep it like, I don't know, 100,000 words. And well, you know, you have ones. the story in you, right? If you have the story mm-hmm. uh, and you, you keep writing um, and and that's I mean, that's the thing is uh, if when you 
write a book, it's got to have a certain format. It's got to have a conclusion, right? It's got to come to some resolution. And I, you know, when I was sending it out, I had a few publishers who said, you know, I, we really love it, but it's too long. Can you break this down into two or three books? And I just could not figure out how to, you know. I got you. There might not have been a natural place for. Right. Yeah. As I said, I don't know. <laughs> because I know, like, my first book, like, I had outlined it, what actually turned out to be the first two books. And I thought I, would, I could do it in one book. But then as I got near the end of it, I realized, like, how long this book was. Like I said, I was already, like, pushing 100,000 words at that point. And then I was, like, and I realized, like, it would be, like, like 200, 250,000 words. And I was, like, I don't know. And then I thought about, like, like what was coming up. And I was, like, you know, it was, like, a natural place to have an end of a book. Right. And it, it kind of bookended, like, how the book started. Because uh-huh. it's, like, the same. It's, like, something bad happened to this, this to my main character when he's a kid. And it's sort of this sort of like, you know, supernatural uh, cataclysm event, right? So it's like really like, you know, like a natural disaster, but it's not natural. Right. right? And then the then I had him like as an adult having to confront that again. And I was just going to be like in the middle of this massive book, my first book. And I was like, you know what? That's actually bookends it. So like we could just end it there. It's a good place to have like his character like build up like because he saw this as a kid and it really affected him and now he has to confront him as an adult when he has like where he's no longer powerless right right just no, that kid. sounds like a natural way. yeah and yeah. so like i all i the only other thing is i shifted like the emotional like the relationship arc i shifted that to resolve the tension there to the end of that book instead of having it linger on into the next book because yeah. it was supposed to be resolved like in the middle of the or in the in the, in the the two-thirds of the way through the entire thing i was right. like you know i can resolve it here and it won't really affect the next book um like yeah I, I have more than enough material in that book but yeah so it was that was like the it's a learning experience yeah i know and i i well i i think if you you really have a choice making shorter books um it would be better to make in a long book i mean that that's definitely a um you know, a hurdle for some readers, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. I mean, I, I think uh, yours sounds like that was very natural the way it, it was. It was like, I realized like, listen, I was like, man, I got like a full novel already. Mm-hmm. I have a really good place. I can break it. There's no point in making this a massive novel when I can break it with a very natural climax. Right. That will be like satisfying. So I was like, okay, let's just break it. And right. yeah, no, I got that. Like, cause like um, my fifth book, like I said, that's 270,000 words. There's no point in that book. I felt like I could have broken that off and spun it off into a sixth book. Was it just, it was all that, it's just that massive, it was just like an epic fantasy. It was just everything just building up and it was just massive. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole climax of that novel is 70,000 words. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's a, the same, same situation I was in. I, yeah. I could find a way for there to be you know, a place where you resolve the first book and you can pick up on the second book. I just, I couldn't find that. Now in your situation, again, having the first book being a normal length, um, it's a little bit easier to have that really long book in the middle of the series because you brought people along. Um, yeah. Or the, at the end of the series, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the second, the fourth book was pretty, got over the 200,000 words and I think right. so the third book. Yep. So, you know, I, I'm, uh, um, 
I don't know, I have no clue how well it's selling. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, I try not to go look at Amazon, you know, to look at the rankings and stuff like that. But every once in a while, I'll go look and it'll rise up, you know, it'll be in the, like the 600. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And then it'll drop and it's like in the 5,000. So, yeah, it doesn't take like many sales to make you yeah. jump really high in the sales ranking. It's like that last. It's that last like thousand that's really where you have to where there's right. real competition. Yeah. So I I, I think you know uh, I have like 30 reviews on Amazon. Uh, people say you need to get 50 reviews in the first two months. You just you know it, the whole thing is intimidating. Uh, the whole marketing thing and all of this stuff is all very mysterious to me. Um, I think it. i like I said I'm thrilled with the reviews. There are people who who love the story. Uh, someone actually. I was walking to, I do most of my work in a coffee shop. And I was walking to, to a coffee shop the other day to, to write and someone flagged me down in a car and a woman, she got out, she said, I love this book, you know, and that's just uh, an amazing experience, you know, I, I love that. Yeah, no, I get that. But uh, so you got, um, so the trilogy's written, but you only have the first book published? The first book is, is was been out since September. Um, Argon Blue, which is the prequel, is coming out in May. That's uh, been accepted. It's coming out in May. Um, that is actually going to be a trilogy as well. And uh, that my partner, Deb, and I are going to write that together. Um, and then I'm right now, I'm about two thirds of the way through the first draft of the sequel, The Spirit Sight. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm going to try to get like uh, one. Uh, get two books a year out uh, and finish both the trilogies. Well, but, it is, you know, uh, so that's <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah, no, Are you so. work uh, other than being an author? I'm a ghostwriter. Uh, yeah, so like I I can I support myself with that, and then I publish fantasy books that right make they're okay. They don't make me money. I'm, yeah. I tend to lose money on them, but it's fine. Yeah. No, I do it because I love it, right? Yeah. And I'm fortunate that I don't have to rely on that to support myself, but uh, I wouldn't mind making enough money to pay for all the uh, money I spend in coffee shops. That would be pretty good. We'll see. Well, I mean, you can write that off on your taxes. That's true. You get 50% with with uh, food and drinks. Really? Mm-hmm. You only get 50% with food and drinks. Everything else you get 100%. That's a tip, though. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just it literally, yeah, because um, uh, you, I mean, I would talk to your accountant if you have one, and um, but yeah, because you can write off food and drinks. You could even write off um, the gas to driving there. Uh, yeah, I need to get uh, just like check your mileage. Yeah, you can write right. that off. Yeah, um, and all it does, all it does is it goes against your um your income tax so it doesn't go against payroll tax right it will go against the income tax okay yeah no i write off a lot of stuff yeah um we just started to look into that i've i've even written off like book purchases because like you know i read a lot of fantasy stuff and other things and i get a lot of ideas from it so it's like it's like research yeah reading books that i want Uh uh-huh like yeah um if you have like a like i have a home office so i get to write that off yeah. yeah i have a desk in a corner but it's an and office. i i can write off a portion of like my home's power bill because i use power to power my laptop 
Right. And yeah, and internet. So I get a write off portion of the internet bill because I need internet. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah no, we're going to have to dig into all that stuff, you know, because. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I have an accountant and like, he saves me more money than I pay him. Right. That might be something we have to do. Uh, we've, we created an LLC. Yeah. Uh, we run all the, you know, so far just you know, just the cost but uh hopefully there will be some revenue eventually yeah but like it's um yeah no when you're self-employed it's so it's so compl- there's a lot of complicated stuff and plus i'm now kind of worried about this whole like paypal thing because like paypal is now giving 1099s for you know, if you people give you more than like 500 dollars in a year yeah <laughs> yeah and so i have like some of the places I write for, they already send me 1099s, but they pay me through PayPal, so I'm worried I'm about to get double taxed. No, there's no way they can do that. They can't. I don't know. I have to talk. I have to talk to my accountant. But like, if yeah, if PayPal sends the IRS a 1099, and then my other place sends the IRS a 1099, and that 1099s are covering the same thing. Yeah. But how's how am I supposed to prove that to the IRS? Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't uh, imagine like they getting audited. I don't know. But like, it's uh. It's it's a lot of money. Yeah. I don't want to get double taxed on. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's got to be some way to match that up. It's just going to be a headache. I, mean, I don't know. That's why I need to talk to my accountant. Right. Or otherwise, I need to find a different way to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mine's not that complicated because I don't make any money. <laughs> yeah. Well, my ghostwriting is and I get paid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I was reporting all the stuff I got through PayPal, like all the extra stuff that I didn't have 1099s, but now like. Biden's administration's like, ah, you got to get every drop of money you can out of people. So like, yeah. yeah, if you get, if someone, if you get, if you, if you bring in more than five hundred dollars into like a PayPal account a year, you're going to get taxed on it. Right. So I don't know how you write fast enough to be a ghostwriter. I just can't imagine being able to do that and, uh, and you know, know. to make money. It's just write, I write, I write two thousand words an hour. Really? Yeah, really? or twenty two thousand to twenty five hundred. Huh. That I just that seems incredible to me. Uh, I mean, I don't know what my uh, works per hour, but you know, obviously, I'm not doing this to make a living, so I I don't track it that closely. But uh, I just can't imagine coming anywhere close to that. I don't know. I, I type fast. Yeah. Well, it's not just the typing part. It's I mean, the typing part I probably could do, but it's the coming up with the words and arranging them in a you know hmm. in a way that's uh, that's pleasing. You know, that's for me, the hard part. Um, I don't. I don't know. They just. I don't know. It's um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like it's hard to exp- like. I can't explain how I can do it. I just. Yeah, you know, it, you just have that. Uh, yeah, it's it's talent. like when my it's like when my my mom says when she I was at Christmas like how do you come up with all these ideas and I'm like yeah I don't know like I don't get how people don't come up with all these ideas because <laughs> so that's you, just all I do is come up with ideas so it's like hard, like it's. Do you ever write short stories? Uh, I used to. I just don't have time. Right. Yeah. There's not. It's like I mean, like I could write a short story. I could work on my current novel. Yeah. It's, right. It's just, and you're yeah. gonna make some money on that anyway. And the short story don't really make anything. So. I yeah. I've had like some short story ideas been kicking around for years, but I just haven't never gotten around to writing them. Right. Yep. Um. But yeah. I don't know. It's just like yeah. I just it's just time plus. Michael Evans always like, hey, let's do another co-author thing. And I'm like, and so that eats into my personal writing time again. So, 
say you guys write books together? Uh, yeah, he comes up with really insane ideas, but he's not really good at at writing. Yeah. So he's like a really good idea person, but he's not so good at like the prose and getting that down. He'll he might write like a chapter or two. Right. Uh, but then he'll just he'll have me just write the. I mean, he originally asked me to help him out because he just couldn't write battle scenes. Right. Then I just started writing more and more of it. Um, but That's like, cool. yeah. But like he comes up with like all the, the ideas. Although he'll like he'll like, but usually I I do the like he'll just say there's a battle between these things and the outcome is this, and then he leaves it to me to figure out like how the crazy battle system will work, mm-hmm. or like what sort of twists and turns will be in the battle. Right. And um, but yeah, like he'll come up, with, but his it's it's his characters and his 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 crazy brain has weird ideas that I would I would never think of. Well, that's good though. You sound like you guys sound like a good team. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Well, people like them. Can't figure out how to market them, but you know, <laughs> like yeah. the people who beta read them like them. Right. I know that's that's the trick right there is getting people. You know, that's like I said, the reviews have been for Spirit Side have been great, and I've had a lot of people tell me they love the book. But how do you get it in front of all those people out there? You know, will like it. You know, that's uh, it's just so mysterious. Um, but you know, my partner and I, uh, I do all the writing. Um, but we, you know, just had the best time sitting down talking about the ideas and uh, what should happen and what a character should be like and so forth. It's just, we love it, you know? Awesome. Well, it was really great chatting with you, Ross. Yeah, thank you. Bye, James. Bye. This has been Creatives in Focus. You can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read. Or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases.